Well, that was a long time coming. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed locked on magic. Today is December 5th, 2019. My name is Phil Prossenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we'll talk all about the Magic's win over the Phoenix Suns as the offense once again comes alive. But more importantly, for the second straight game, we saw Aaron Gordon come alive offensively too. We'll talk a little bit about what he's been doing differently over the last two games and why it just feels like the Magic have started to maybe find a little bit of rhythm, we'll, we'll, we'll find out as, as some of the Magic's problems have just been really, really simple. But, but we'll, we'll talk a little bit about where the Magic stand now as we hit the quarter point of the season and what the hopes are now heading into the meat of the NBA season. Before we do any of that, do I do, though, I do want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching on iTunes for, or searching wherever you download podcasts for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's a podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you could only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the Phoenix Suns perspective on today's game? Check out Locked On Suns. Want the want to look ahead to Friday's game against the Cleveland Cavaliers? You've got Locked On Cavs. Plus, we got our national podcast, Locked On NBA, Locked On Fantasy Basketball, rejecting the screen as well as the Duncan and Hollinger NBA podcast. No matter what your favorite team is, who your favorite team is, the team you love to hate, or whatever the case may be, you can find a Locked On podcast for you. To search wherever you download podcasts for Locked On and the team you're looking for, whether it's NBA, NFL, NHL, MLB, or colleges, there's a Locked On podcast for you. The Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. To begin the game, the Orlando Magic looked like a team that got in from Washington, D.C. at about 2.30 in the morning because they, they were a team that got in from Washington, D.C. at about 2.30 in the morning. They were a little lethargic defensively. They weren't covering anyone. They weren't really keeping anyone out of the paint. They really weren't doing much of anything. They were hitting some shots, but the Phoenix Suns staked themselves a 10-point lead, and it looked like Orlando was going to have to grind and fight for this one, and Frankly, uh, uh, after keeping pace with the Washington Wizards, it was hard to believe that this Magic team would be able to keep pace again in an offensive shootout. That's just not the kind of game this team's going to win. But the Magic had other ideas. Two four-point plays in the, in the first quarter, a little run to cut into the deficit, and all of a sudden the defense, and the bench especially, started to lock in. Orlando was able to get cuts to the basket without a true rim protector out there for Phoenix with DeAndre Ayton and Aaron Baines both out and Frank Kaminsky really the only center that the Suns had to offer. Orlando was able to once again find their way into the lane and into the paint, whether it's off the drive or off the cut. And the offense worked so beautifully. Orlando shoots a season-high 59% for the game and really never let go or never slowed down offensively. Maybe a stretch here or there in the second quarter. I think there's a, a stretch of maybe two, three minutes in the second quarter where Orlando was over-dribbling and struggling to get themselves going offensively. But otherwise, the Magic were going to do what they were going to do offensively. Otherwise, the Magic were going to be in control of this game. And otherwise, Orlando was going to do just enough defensively once again to stake themselves a lead and hold on. Orlando did a 
Better job defending the three-point line in the second quarter after giving up six three-pointers in the first quarter. Phoenix went 0 for 9 in the third. And without those three-pointers, the Suns' offense cratered. Or relatively cratered. They, They were still scoring a little bit. But Orlando was able to take advantage and pull ahead and pull away and stake themselves a big lead. A 10, 12 point lead. They were able to take control and that carried over into the second half where Aaron Gordon hit a couple threes to keep the Suns at arm's length and Phoenix never really threatened in the second half. Orlando used just enough good defensive stretches of deflections, of blocks to stretch the lead out to 20. They got they took misses and turned them into fast break points. They got continued to get into the paint, continued to get into the lane and continued to Score from everywhere, making shots that this team has frankly struggled to make all year to this point. The Magic's 128-114 victory over the Phoenix Suns was another triumph of this team's struggling offense. The Suns, a bad defensive team, yes, that Orlando just took advantage of. When they cut out their turnovers from the first quarter, they had five turnovers in the first quarter. They finished the game with... Only uh, with 19 total turnovers. So Phoenix was able to turn them over and that helped keep them in the game and helped feed their offense a little bit. But once Orlando, when Orlando wasn't turning the ball over, they were making every shot. And as Steve Clifford would say after the game, this game, just like last night's game in Washington, or Tuesday night's game in Washington, was all about them making shots. It wasn't about their defense. It wasn't about anything else. Orlando made more shots and shot at a better clip and, again, played just enough defense to win the game. There's nothing wrong with that, of course, because wins are wins and they all count the same. And certainly, I think Orlando has to get back to playing the defense that they played over the weekend, ultimately. But, man, when the offense is rolling this good, when the shots are flowing this good and the team is making shots and really playing at this level, sometimes you just have to sit back and enjoy it. Sometimes you just have to appreciate it for what it is. The Magic dominated this game from start to finish in reality. Not from start to finish, but from about the midway point of the first quarter to the end of the game. Phoenix had no answers. They weren't going to stop Orlando. And Orlando was going to go as far as their shot making could take them. And this year, that's been a statement that has not bode well for the Magic. This game took them all the way to the end. Took them all the way to a win. Took them all the way to their third straight victory. And within one game of being back at 500. Granted, the gauntlet is ahead. But sitting at the quarter mark of the season... Orlando sits at 10 and 11. On pace to be about 500, just where they were last year, probably just where they were, you know, maybe a a hair behind where they were expected to be. They sit in eighth in the East, so they're in playoff position. They're pretty, they're game and a half clear of ninth. And obviously, there is a long way to go, so don't pay too close attention to the standings. But Orlando is hoping that this game helped them find the rhythm, that these two games help them find their rhythm so now they can really focus on the nitty-gritty, on being a better defensive team, on, on really figuring out their offense in a meaningful way 
because now they can rely, hopefully they can rely on making outside shots, which they couldn't for the, most of these first 20 games. Orlando throughout this first quarter of the season has done what they had to do to win. Whether it was defensively and playing an ugly, slow-down game, or on a night like this, running the, running the floor, making three-pointers, and really just scratching and clawing their way to, to victory. It was an odd game, really. You know, Phoenix made their threes. They turned the ball over. They got out in transition. Orlando's defense was just good enough. They were able to protect the paint and force Phoenix to a lot of outside shots. And Phoenix, you know, made their threes but didn't make a whole lot else. And that's just enough for this one. The Magic defeat the Phoenix Suns 128-114 to at the Amway Center. The Magic are next in action on Friday night against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Let's run through the final box score for you. We're going to talk about at least one player more, more specifically here in a minute. But we do have to mention him first. Aaron Gordon, 32 points, 13 for 15, shooting 5 for 5 from beyond the arc. 5 rebounds, 5 assists. Um, uh, Aaron was just really, really good for most of the game. Um, he gets in trouble when he dribbles the ball too much, but here he was very quick and decisive with his actions, with his dribbling, with his willingness to attack the basket. There's a small Phoenix team. Orlando went into the paint, and they took advantage. They got to the foul line. Um, really did a lot of the things that they have to do to win basketball games. Um, and Gordon shooting this well and shooting this effectively just changes so many things about this Magic team, about about what they can do and what they can accomplish. So a really, really good effort. It was Aaron Gordon's best game of the season, um, by far. Um, you know, Defensively, maybe everyone wasn't as engaged as you'd like them to be, but he was just playing exactly how you want him to play offensively. And, and after Tuesday night when he had another really good offensive game, a really welcome sign. We'll talk about Gordon here in just a moment. Terrence Ross off the bench, 22 points, 7 for 14, shooting 3 for 6 from beyond the arc, 5 for 5 from the foul line. The bench is really what turned this game around. Um, uh, everyone, Every key player or every regular player off the bench had a plus-minus of at least plus 14. Mo Bamba, the low man, at plus 14, which, honestly, I, I, I'll talk about him here in a minute. Um, Ross really helped spark that. He was able to hit threes really quickly off the bench, bring the magic back in the game in the first quarter, and that kind of got the ball rolling. And the second unit has really struggled offensively. Steve Clifford has struggled to find the right groupings and the right pairings. And finally, it seemed like things are clicking for that group. They're, they're playing a lot more with the starters. We're starting to see more regular minutes. You know, Aaron Gordon's playing 33 minutes. Uh, Evan Fournier only played 27 and a half minutes, but he was up at 35 the other night. So, so Clifford's starting to, to you know mix and match lineups a little bit more and play guys a little bit longer than they have been before and, and playing more on feel. I, I, I think he's still got his strict structures that he wants, but uh, he is bringing his starters back in earlier when he needs to bring them back in. Um, I, I think that happened a little bit in the second quarter of this game, actually. So Orlando was, again, again able to get their bench going, and I think that was a huge boost, obviously, for this team. Terrence Ross hit a couple of big shots, a couple of four-point four plays. It was all over the place. Phoenix just couldn't track him, and he was able to get the shots that he wanted. Let's move on then to Evan Fournier. 21 points, 9 for 50, shooting 3 for 7 from beyond the arc. Four assists, four turnovers. Um, 
Phoenix blitzed him. They were they were trying to get the ball out of his hands. They read the scouting report, and so I think we'll see more teams try and trap and blitz Evan Fournier on pick and rolls. Fournier's going to have to do a better job reading that, but you know, honestly, for the most part, Fournier was good attacking. He was aggressive. Um, he went to the basket. He didn't settle for shots. He really took what the defense gave him, and a lot of his scoring, honestly, came late in the second half, or came in the second half more than it came in the first, so he was better used as a decoy in this game, and, and, and Phoenix put a lot of attention on him, and that opened up passing lanes for everyone else. That opened up cutting lanes for everyone else, so Fournier, the word about Fournier is getting around to people, and, and and so I think we're starting to see defenses adjust how they defend him, and especially you know when we see some of the elite defenses that we might see over, over the next couple of weeks. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see how Fournier handles that. I think that's that's going to be a huge test for him. Um, this, you know, I, I don't know if he passed this test today, but uh, he certainly found his way and found his way to contribute in big ways, but he didn't have to carry the team because Gordon was so, so good in this one. Um, other notable scorers, um, Markel Fultz, 13 points, four, uh, five assists, six or 12 shooting, uh, just, you know, really good tempo setting for him. Uh, the big guy that I want to talk about, Mo Bamba, 10 points, Four for four shooting, two for two from beyond the arc, 11 rebounds, including three offensive rebounds, four blocks, three turnovers, really the only blemish on his game. Mo Bamba has played fantastic since Nikola Vucevic's injury. I don't know what happened after that uh, Toronto game or the Magic were in Indiana, but he has really turned into a, a much more productive player. Things are starting to click for him, uh, and it feels like there's just this hyper-focus about what he's doing, and he's just playing a lot more instinctual and a lot more free. I think I feel like um, I think that the Magic have again increased his minutes, which has helped. He's playing. He played 18 and a half minutes in this game, um, which is actually a little bit low for on the low side for him uh, of late. Of late, but he he really just played so well um, defensively. Those four blocks were all big blocks. I mean, he was in the right spot. He wasn't chasing them necessarily. He was just protecting the rim and was blocking them pretty easily and swatting them pretty easily. And some of them were pretty amazing blocks. He had one He had one where he just pr- pretty much picked the ball out of the sky. Um, and, and so he deserves a lot of credit for uh, for playing at such a high level and, and, and really turning himself around and being a productive player for this team. I mean, the 10 points, it, it doesn't feel like a lot, but he's a, he's a reliable three-point shooter now. Um, he, was, he was struggling from there. Before he still brings the ball down when he gets rebounds. I'd like to see him keep it up. It's you know kind of the old old middle school high school coaching me that you know you get an offensive rebound you keep the especially if you're a big guy you keep the ball up don't give the guards a chance to swipe at it. Um, his hands and his rebounding certainly can improve, but he's getting better about rebounding in traffic. So a lot of really good pro- signs of progress from Mo Bamba. Um, I, I think that there's just no way around it. He is starting to figure this league out. He's starting to figure out what his role is. He's starting to figure out how he can play and how he can contribute to this team. And, and of course. That's a good thing for the Magic um, because he is a really talented player and we see that talent every time he steps onto the court. So another really nice game from Mo Bamba. Um, It's good to see him build. uh, To me, it's better to see him build good game after good game after good game after good game. Uh, And and that's what we're really seeing over the last, you know, three or four games or so. I don't want to take credit away from Ken Birch though. Seven points, three for four shooting, nine rebounds, two assists for him. Uh, Birch has been solid. I wouldn't say he's been spectacular since entering the starting lineup. Um, I I know everyone loves Birch, and I think when we, the Magic got him in small doses off the bench, um, it was really easy to fall in love with him. Uh, and and he is a really good and he is good easy to fall in love with. I mean, I I don't dislike his game, but I always wondered like if you gave him that that big starting role, I was curious how he would handle it. Um, and I didn't I I thought that he was a little bit you know kind of a small sample size guy where. 
off the bench, he looks really good. But when he's with the starters, does, does he does he still hold up? And uh, you know, I, I don't think I don't think it's that he doesn't hold up. Um, I just think his impact is a whole lot less. Um, and that's not a bad you know that's that's not a not a complete knock on Birch. I mean, he is a valuable player. I, I, I want to make that clear. But um, Birch. Birch is a little too hesitant to shoot to my to my liking. Um, there, there's I know one play early in this game where he had the ball underneath the basket with a clear chance to shoot, and he passed it back out to a guy who's frankly guarded um, and, and to a more difficult shot. And Birch has just got to have a little bit more of an attitude that he's got to look to score. And I, I want to see him be a little bit more aggressive uh, when he does get the ball in that low block situation. I'm not asking him to you know take anyone off the dribble or call for post ups. I don't think that's his game, but. He needs to be willing to shoot and score around the basket. Uh, this game he was. He was scoreless against Washington. This game he was. He was cutting the basket. Uh, there were play. There were times in that first half, especially when Orlando was kind of struggling, where Birch kept a few possessions alive with offensive rebounds, kicked it back out, got threes. It seemed like every offensive rebound that he got, he had four in the game, led directly to a magic basket. And and that's that's a huge credit to Birch. He he is a hard worker, and of course that's the start of everything. Nothing. You can't do what he does if you're not an extremely hard worker. So I have little criticisms about his game, especially now that he's a starter. Um, defensively, I thought he got pulled a little bit too far away from Frank Kaminsky. Who's, I mean, the guard play the guard play defensively wasn't great, so it's it's not all on him. Um, but, you know, Birch, Birch is a little bit of a wild swinger sometimes. He, I mean, just like Bombay, he'll go for blocks a little bit too much or, or too overzealously and leave the, the weak side open for dump-offs, and that's why I think Frank Kaminsky had a, had a lot of success around the basket. Um, but again, guard, the guards weren't great. Fultz wasn't great. Wasn't great perimeter defender. Fournier struggled a little bit defensively as well too. Um, but you know, Bert, so Birch had a lot to clean up, and, and Birch just isn't the guy to clean that up. Um, you know, to some extent, I think Vucevic is a little bit better in that front because he's better at containing the ball, which is a, a big skill within this defense. So Birch a solid game. Don't get me wrong, had a really solid game. I really like this outing from him. Um, I think you know we're we're so excited about Mo, and certainly we should be that that you know sometimes Birch can get. Lost a little bit in the shuffle. Orlando finishes shooting 57.6% for the game. That is the highest mark of the season. They're 128 points. Also the highest mark of the season. They shoot 14 of 25 from beyond the arc. 16 of 20 from the foul line. 11 offensive rebounds. 27 assists on 49 field goal makes. Just 19 turnovers. Really the big blemish on their record. But Phoenix struggles themselves. They shoot just 43 for 88 from the floor. So 48.9% in a shootout like this. That is a death knell. Even though they shoot 15 for 33 from beyond the arc, not enough to overcome the Orlando Magic. Frank Kaminsky leads the way with 23 points. Sheik Diallo with 16 points, a very quiet 16 points. Uh, Devin Booker with 17 points for the Suns, but they ultimately fall the Orlando Magic 128 to 114 at the Amway Center. Before we talk a little bit more about the offense, it's time to talk a little bit about this weekend. What are you going to do this weekend? going to sit down on the couch. You're probably going to watch college football on Saturday, the NFL on Sunday. Don't worry. The Magic aren't playing this weekend. They play Friday, then they don't play again until Monday. You have my permission to sit on the couch. And if you're the type of fan that knows football so well that you could choose any game and call it, well, my bookie is the place for you because they let you turn all your sports knowledge into cash in your wallet. Between football season, NBA, and the start of college basketball season, now is the time to get off the sideline and get in on the action with my bookie. They have all kinds of bets, including parlays. If you don't know what a parlay is, it's it's essentially you bundle up a bunch of bets, and if you win them all, you win even bigger. You just pick a couple of the big favorites this week or whichever games you want, uh, and, and 
they let you play multiple games together for a much, much bigger payout. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. Right, right now, if you join, MyBookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $2,000, you get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. Just use promo code LOCKEDONNBA. That's promo code LOCKEDONNBA to activate the offer. Once again, promo code LOCKEDONNBA to take advantage of MyBookie's generous sign-up offer. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. The Orlando Magic's offense is a laissez-faire offense. I just threw a big French word at you. I apologize. Evan would appreciate it. The Magic's offense doesn't rely on one person scoring 25 a night and and the same person scoring 25 a night for there to be success. It doesn't rely on certain players reaching certain benchmarks. What it relies on is at least two or three players reaching a certain benchmark, whichever the game calls for, and everyone else kind of filling in their roles as needed. This is an offense that requires ball movement and requires keeping everyone involved and having multiple players who can score on any given night. The Magic don't have that one guy they can dump the ball into, and so they can't play that way. They have to play together. And if one of the pieces of this puzzle is missing, and or God forbid, two of those pieces are missing, things fall apart pretty quickly. The Orlando Magic still have that small margin for error, especially offensively. And as the Magic have seen through these first 20 games, it, that margin for error can very clearly tip in the wrong direction. Through the first 20 games of the season, the Orlando Magic have one of the worst offenses in the league. For most of these, this first quarter of the season, the Magic have sat in the 29th or 30th spot in offensive rating. I, I'm, I assume they've moved up to 28th or 27th at this point after these two big offensive games. But the Orlando Magic have essentially, have essentially been at the bottom or near the bottom of every major offensive category. Field goal percentage, actual points per game, offensive rating, effective field goal percentage. You name it, they're near the bottom. And you could point to a whole host of reasons for it, but it ultimately comes down to the simplest reason. The Magic have been unable to shoot the ball. And it's human nature that players and people, human beings, get frustrated by this. And it affects other parts of their game. I would argue the Magic have lost several games that they should have and could have won defensively because they were just simply reaching a boiling point with how poor their shooting has been this year. And like I said, all the pieces of this puzzle have to fit together. Everyone has to do their part or or pull their weight no matter what it is that night. Someone has to step forward and it could be a different person every night. And so the fact that this season started with Terrence Ross struggling to shoot and Nikola Vucevic struggling to shoot and Aaron Gordon struggling to shoot put this team really behind the eight ball. A lot of those players have found their way out of out of it. Before he got hurt, Nikola Vucevic was starting to play like the all-star that he was last year. Evan Fournier has been a constant drumbeat all season, and he stepped up his game since Vucevic got hurt. Terrence Ross, after sitting out with the knee injury for a few games, has gotten himself back up and running and seems to be the human torch once again. 
But Aaron Gordon, granted, missed some time with the ankle injury, was probably the biggest piece that was missing. It's not that the Magic rely on Aaron Gordon to score 20 points a night, but he is one of their high-volume shooters. Takes a lot of shots. He has the ball in his hands a lot, and he's trusted to make a lot of decisions. And routinely, with his shot failing him, both from beyond the arc and off the dribble, the Magic's offense was left kind of for dead. And, you know, as much as he probably tries to hide it, unless he tries to keep an even keel, and as good as his defense has been, honestly, despite it, you could see a bit of the frustration. I always say, you know, you know, Nikola Vucevic is the heartbeat of the offense. He's kind of the con- he's always the const- constant thread. He's the guy you count on for twenty points a night, if anyone. And now it's Evan Fournier. But Aaron Gordon to me was always the barometer of the offense. If the offense was working, Gordon was getting the ball in easy positions for him to score. He didn't have to set himself up that much to score to to get baskets. It just naturally came to him. Isaac, to some extent, the same way, and certainly when Gordon was hurt, Isaac was kind of that guy. But essentially, the ball finds Aaron Gordon more than Aaron Gordon finds the ball. Because the easiest ways for him to score are at the basket, using his athleticism. That's that's his advantage. To some extent now, with his post-game in the post. And... To this point in the season, the ball wasn't finding Aaron Gordon. The team, the the game, the offense lacked the joy and the excitement that comes from an Aaron Gordon dunk. And again, these aren't these are signs of how the Magic's offense is working. Aaron Gordon's dunks are down this year. Just straight up, just straight up down. The raw number is down, and as kind of useless as a statistic as that might be, it, it kind of does say something. It says the Magic aren't getting out in transition the way that they should, or Gordon's not getting the looks and the shots that take advantage of what makes him really good. And so, with about three minutes left in the first quarter, as the Magic were trying to erase an early ten-point deficit against the Suns. You could kind of see and feel that stress release when Wessawundu fired a backdoor cut pass, a bounce pass to Aaron Gordon, cutting to the rim. And Gordon caught it and in really one motion completed a 180 to avoid the defense and jammed it home. A play that is almost certainly on SportsCenter. A play... That was one of the best plays, the magic individual plays the Magic have had so far this season. We'll see it, you know, when they do the top ten plays of December at the end of the month. And all of a sudden, that play, that that spark of athleticism from Aaron Gordon, all of a sudden you could see some of that stress release. Could see kind of that smile, you know, that the you know Gordon maybe gave a flex, a chance to just 
be in the moment and be part of the flow of the offense. A lot of Gordon's shots and most of Gordon's makes came off of spot-up shots, you know, which are within the flow of the offense. Came off of Gordon taking the ball and driving quickly right at the basket and scoring or hitting that pull-up. It's less Gordon dribbling around, less Gordon kind of jab-stepping his way into a shot. It was more just within the flow. And that's how Gordon gets his best shots. Gordon scored 32 points, missed only two shots, was 13 for 15 for the game. So he did plenty right. He made some difficult shots over contact, and he probably should have gone to the line a lot more than he did. He put himself in positions to score with ease. And then he displayed that athleticism again and again and again. As an exclamation point in the fourth quarter, his final basket of the game, DJ Augustine threw a lob up to him. And he jammed it home with two hands. The crowd was excited clinched the game essentially for the Magic. They put their they put some starters in to, to close it out one a little one more time, but Orlando would essentially ice the game on that play. And all of a sudden it feels like this offense is alive. Two games, things change quickly as Gordon would note after the game, but it all of a sudden it feels like this team has a better understanding of how they need to play. And granted they just did it against two of the worst defenses in the league. So there's still work to do. But the hope for the Orlando Magic has been through this first quarter of the season that they have found their rhythm finally. That the shots, the good shots that, that at least Coach Steve Clifford says they're getting are finally going to get, get provide the expected return. It's all the hope that perhaps, maybe, Orlando has turned a bit of a corner. That Orlando has found its rhythm finally. And that Aaron Gordon, especially after scoring 50 points in two games, has found a little bit of his rhythm too. And can be that offensive weapon that the Magic need. That versatile offensive weapon that the Magic need. As important as his 32 points were in this game, he also added five assists because a big growth in his game last year was his playmaking and his willingness to help others get involved. The Magic need that too. If he's going to drive and attack off the dribble, he's got to pass the ball. And the places where he gets himself into trouble is when he dribbles for five, six, seven seconds and doesn't get anywhere and doesn't pass the ball. It has to be quick. And that happened in this game. So don't think AG was perfect. Aaron Gordon finding his rhythm will help the Magic find their rhythm. And as for the last two games, Orlando found its rhythm. And the only hope is that it will continue to carry on forward as the Magic get into the meat of their schedule and the teams begin to separate themselves and the race that really matters. 
I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at underscore md And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. Follow us on Twitter there at omagicdaily. On tomorrow's episode, we'll name our first quarter MVP, recap the first quarter of the season, the first 21 games of the season, and what lies ahead here in the second quarter of the season as we race to the midpoint of the year in about a month. It's it's amazing how fast this season is going. Knock on wood. But until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic. Your daily Orlando Magic Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.